the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm clearly a Generation Xer who hated the baby boomers for what they did to our country as far as acquiring debt and not really setting Generation Xers up for a proper retirement. I blame the boomers on that one. Now, I know we weren't a very motivated generation. We played a lot of video games. Sounds kind of familiar to the millennials, doesn't it? I once wrote advice to other Generation Xers, and every now and then I pull up my notes from 20 years ago, and it's amazing how relevant it all still is. My advice to a Generation Xer at one point in time was avoid social pressures to buy, maybe a little bit different than millennials, stereos. There's a lot of materialism in uh, my day and age when I was younger. Car stereos were a thing. People used to steal car stereos. Do they still do that? Or is it just not relative anymore or, or because they've changed the technology? I don't know. Or maybe because stereos have become so cheap. Or maybe there's no aftermarket for stolen stereos. I don't know. But avoid social pressures to buy stereos, trips, expensive meals, and other adult toys. So I was basically telling Generation Xers, you're not quite an adult yet. Don't buy adult toys. It's kind of insulting to my own self, right? Another piece of advice was be frugal and have fun, too. One of my very first girlfriends out of college, um, a little bit during college and then out of college, um, I used to try to like rush Friday night dinners, date, and then a little bit of business time. Um, dinner movie, oh, a dinner movie and a business time, right? That was like my image of what love was supposed to be. And uh, when you're 20 and you're in college, you can't afford dinners and, and movies. Um, and I, I went further in concerts and stuff like that. I should have been saving because when you're 20, your, your body works beautifully. Their body works beautifully. And uh, all you need is corn chips and a, a remote control to watch some Netflix or TV, right? Don't got to go out. You can paint at home. You don't have to paint in a bar. Painting in a bar after hours is a thing now. I know you're saying, really? So you can be frugal and have fun. Um, one thing that I told my Generation X self was to start a plan, start a disciplined plan of savings. And it's so beautiful and so easy now. Back then, you had to like call your bank and you know set up instructions to have it wired out, to wire it into a mutual fund company. And it wasn't all automated like it is now. It is so easy to be a proper investor and proper saver. But that was advice I gave myself. Set up some sort of saving and investing. Minimize debt and interest charges. Oh, man, you know what pisses me off is when you have to pay charges for something that you already bought or, you know, on top of it, fines and fees. That upsets me. Uh, my advice to my Generation X self was don't get a DUI. DUIs cost $10,000. They raise your insurance. Um, and that $10,000 that you're going to do to protect yourself, uh, to keep you out of jail, to keep you know as few points against you as possible, don't drink and drive. Don't do it. Um, 
but then again, I kind of had conflicting advice too because my Generation X self was like, if you're going to go to a bar or you're going to go to Disneyland, buy all your candy before you go in. Buy all your drinks before you go in, right? It's not that difficult. It's advice for seven-year-old kids. It's advice for 22-year-old men. I always look at people who um, in the movie theaters bring in bags of candy from purses and stuff like that. And I always go, it's like a bird sanctuary in here. Cheep, 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 cheep. You hear all the birds flapping around, right? But I respect that person at the same time. You're like, I'm like, you're, you're ruining your kid's movie experience. It's supposed to be a big tub of popcorn, a big soda that they're going to f- drop on the ground and get it sticky everywhere. And you're, 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 you're smuggling in candy. But I get it. I get it. And I, I wish I can reconcile kind of perception versus reality. I wish I can reconcile kind of um, what is it? What I'm trying to say here. Social pressures. To your Generation X self is when you leave a job, take the 401k with you. Start a 401k at the new job as soon as you can. Start saving 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%, whatever number you can, up to 15%. Keep in mind, my second piece of advice to myself was be frugal and have fun too. Um, so if I'm getting you to save 15% of your salary and rents, you know, another 30% of your salary, I've just 45% of your money's gone. And then you get 55% when you get the 10% sales tax, uh, income tax in California. Then you're at 65% on anything you buy is 10% in basically in California. So I've just basically squandered your whole paycheck in large part living. That's before cars. It's before insurance. It's before food. Right? Um, what else do I have for my, uh, I once said no credit cards. Now I love credit cards. I love rewards credit cards. I've got like 800,000 Hilton points because I use a Hilton credit card at my Hilton hotels and I get 17 times my points. So basically I could stay at a resort in Malaysia or India or anywhere in the world for about a week now. Not bad. Not bad. And all I did was charge things on my credit card and pay it off every month. Also, I have a flight card. Also, I have a uh, cash back on dinners. So I had no credit cards, but I, I'm good with credit cards. Just paying them off monthly now to my millennial self. Um, another thing was that, and this was a kind of a funny thing, and I'm looking back at Generation X versus millennials, the advice that I would give. And I, I could still give this advice to everyone. I could give this back to baby boomers, you old farts, the old poop. Um, what movie was that? Name that movie. Um, 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 auto savings for big purchases. It's kind of funny to look at that word as auto savings. So I want a boat. I shouldn't just go out and spend all my money to buy a boat. I shouldn't say, well, I'm going to take it for my emergency fund. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to go on vacations. I should save a little bit every month for a boat. I don't really want a boat for the record. I was on one of those quizzes. Which would you rather have a boat or it was like a boat or some other luxury item? I was like, neither. I'm not a luxury guy. I wear the same pair of jeans pretty darn regularly. Um, I probably have the most minimalist clothing and um, schedule out of anyone that I know. On TV, I wear jeans. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, yeah, see, I don't even use like I don't even shop at Costco because I'm more frugal than that. I don't want to pay the eighty dollars, ninety dollars, one hundred and twenty-five dollars for a subscription. I'd rather borrow my neighbor's card. <laughs> I walk in, they're like, "You don't look like a big, tall, uh, skinny, bald man." I'm like, "Blow off, right?" 
Anyway, it's kind of funny because I'm looking at my notes from the late 90s. Look at some of the stocks on this. Microsoft, Adobe, Intel, Applied Materials, and Qualcomm. Every one of them have been incredible investments except for Dell. And I don't know when it was on my list at what price versus what price they went up to versus what price they went back down to when they went private. I don't have all that information, but it's certainly out there as far as like some things, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? So anyway, um, you got to start learning yourself and give yourself basic advice. Could you give yourself basic advice? What I just did, could you do it for your daughter or your son? Could you do it for yourself or your spouse? I just went over some very basic things. Avoid social pressures. Be frugal and have fun. Discipline savings. Do it on a regular basis. Uh, max out the 401k. If you leave a job, take it with you. So you can like roll it over. Call Fidelity. Call Vanguard. Say, hey, I just lost my job and I'm starting a new job and I need to roll over my 401k. And they'll be like, well, thank you, Mr. Black. Let me have some simple information. What's your address? And they'll fill out all the forms for you. And they'll even let you digitally sign the forms now. Woohoo! Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Be happier. Uh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. Stock markets, um, Iran's response to the United States attack on a general left him dead. Um, U.S. U. Iran's response feels to be a little light. Intelligence officials are saying, like, why they sent some missiles and tried to hit some U.S. bases or places where U.S. troops were being stationed, homed, housed, and none of them hit. So Wall Street goes, well, that's interesting. All is well. The geopolitical matter, no casualties from the missile attacks. Makes us feel okay. No oil infrastructure was harmed. Iran and Iraq in past wars ravaged each other's uh, oil infrastructure. Because literally it's like, oh, it's just right over that hill. Not that far to take it out. So that's a striking turnaround, in my opinion. There's an, a sense of release. Uh, release, relief, I think is the word I was probably looking for. Then we get the ADP employment change report. Private jobs, non-government jobs. The ADP employment change showed an estimated 202,000 positions were added. Ahead of expectations for about 155,000, so we added more jobs. So funny. I remember going um, right after high school. When was it? I went to a job bureau. And I remember getting my first, like, learning how to fill out W-2s and such. Ah, things have changed. Boeing's expected to apply. Um, did I hit? Yes, I hit the numbers on the employment change. Positive. More people working, positive. Corporations tend not to hire people unless they have a job expected for them. Boeing's expected to apply some early, 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 early pressures to the markets. But for how long? 
A Boeing 737-800 plane crashed shortly after takeoff near Tehran, Iran. So Boeing's down about 1.4%. Macy's is in the news. And... Lennar is in the news. Macy's showed better than feared comparable same-store sales. The old SSS same-store sales. But, uh, so again, Macy's had a better than feared sales number for November, December. Obviously super important with the holidays. I can't own Macy's. I'm sorry. I can see like people like Jim Cramer get on TV and go, now's the time to own it! And try to get two or three points out of it and like be thrilled. It's just it's not me. I hope there's some stocks like that that are that you could say are not you. Part of defining who you are is defining who you're not. I used to joke like, oh, I would never date an 18-year-old, not a 21-year-old. You got to define who you are sometimes mathematically and draw a line in the sand. Are you positive or are you negative? Are you, do you want to own something like a Macy's that you don't really have a lot of faith in in the future? Or do you want to own... See, one of the reasons I own stocks that I have faith in the future is if things go wrong and you have to look over at that person, I'd rather be a, a company that I feel comfortable with than a company I don't feel comfortable with. So I just don't feel comfortable with Macy's. And again, am I discriminating against kind of like online retail? Sure. No, am I discriminating for online retail? Yeah. And I have nothing against Macy's. Lord knows I bought plenty of ugly clothes there. Right? Beyond Meats in the news today. Uh, Impossible Meats said we're not even going to compete. Beyond Meat, if, if McDonald's wants you, it's all yours. So McDonald's is starting to bring its plant-based burger from Beyond Meat into more locations. It's called the so-called PLT. Because it's a Beyond Meat patty. Plant patty. Plant lettuce and tomato. Oh, that's so cute. A PLT. So it's going to be rolled out to another 52 restaurants. Now, again, uh, Del Taco, KFC, Burger King. A lot of people are testing it and toying with the alternatives. And last year was the story. Last year was the sizzle. This year is the story. Or maybe last year was the story. This year is the sizzle. When Beyond Meat makes a long-term relationship with McDonald's. I think that stock goes higher. I own no shares of Beyond Meat, and yet I can sit there and almost kick myself in the hiney. Because a lot of the speculation, a lot of the froth happened last year when it went from $25 straight to 200 And when it comes back down to 75 yeah, there's a lot of people who own it who are going to be selling it in the future. Um, it's one of those I feel where there's smoke, there's fire moments. Anyhow... Keep an eye out for when Beyond Meat does make that relationship with McDonald's. Because I think it's going to happen. 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Um, one area that I would not be an investor in, and believe it or not, you could invest in movie theater stocks. They're out there. And if you see like a big year coming up, maybe say a lot more people are going to be at movie theaters and somehow seats are now running up to 20 bucks if you get the 40x things and you're like that wasn't even all that 40x and it wasn't that good right um 
But movie theater stocks are facing a very, very rough outlook for 2020 because 2019 was so good. 2019, we had to see The Lion King. We had to see Avengers Endgame. We had to see Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2 and, oh, Star Wars. The finale. Which I no longer care. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say it was good. I don't want to say it was bad. I just, I just no longer care. It's dead to me. I waited 40 years for it to, to wrap up. It's done. I'm fine. Let's not talk about it. So, 2020, if you're going to invest in movie theaters, look at the product. No Time to Die, James Bond franchise. Maybe it's his last one. Maybe it's not his last one. Um, Roger Craig. I'm not a big James. I'm, I'm okay, James. I know people get this. There's a there's a, a fan club called the Commander, which is tied towards the James Bond movies and books. There's a fan club called the Commander, tied towards James Bond. People have too much time on their hands. Uh, 2020 also has Mulan, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman 1984. Certainly some other movies, but is that going to get us off our couch and into the theater? I think not. Um, I think you're going to see a tough compare year. I would stay away from the theater stocks based on product. Ain't that something? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Call the show 800-516-1220. Check out the commercials. There's a big seminar coming up in February. I would love to see you there. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Little 21 Pilots who, if you check into your playlist at Spotify or Apple Music, they've had a lot of hits. And yet, I don't think they're a, a well-known name. Maybe they are. 21 Pilots, Jumpsuit. I know you're saying, I crumble underneath the weight, pressures of new place roll my way. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit, cover me. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit, cover me, cover me. Oh, boy. You could tell something was legalized in the state of California not too long ago. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't be shy with calling the show. That's what makes the show good. Um, I see some good news, bad news sometimes. Sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's not bad. Sometimes it's just sideways. For instance, Apple's App Store had gross sales of about $50 billion last year. It's a big number. I know in this day and age, we get shocked every year more and more and more by horror films. So every year, an R rating means something totally different. An R rating used to mean, oh, you shot someone with an arrow in the head and they showed it. Now you can show like uh, root canals and things like that. Um, grizzly stuff. Grizzly, grizzly, grizzly stuff because we've become desensitized. But anyway, yeah, so Apple made $50 billion in the App Store. Now, a lot of that stuff isn't exactly rocket science. It's just they, they have that ability. If you know anyone who does retail, I'll say, hey, would you like to do $50 billion in sales? They'll be like, yeah. $50 billion in sales would make you a Fortune 500 company for sure. You would be number 64 on the list, to be precise. Now, here's the problem. That, that big number is starting to slow. 
So Apple announced it's paid $155 billion to developers since 2008. People who develop games and get, I guess, advertising or maybe just purchases. I don't know. So that means if they've paid about $155 billion, it's up from $120 billion in 2019, January 2019. So you're starting to do with this all figured out. It's about $50 billion. If you assume that the developers take 70% of app sales. So Apple doesn't disclose the total amount of revenue and the services. So the Apple services, which is increasingly seen by investors, is like, the only way the Apple company can move forward. Um, It's all about Apple Music, Apple TV, iPhone warranties, licensing revenue. You know, like, for instance, Google pays Apple to make its search engine the default on the iPhone. And that business generated about $46 billion last year. You know, the whole services business. So you can kind of see Apple has to come up with another product. And, oh, we're going to see first augmented reality glasses. Oh, it's coming. Will it be a hit or not? So Google kind of messed up their spectacles, um, as did Snapchat. So we'll see if Apple's able to learn from the mistakes of others. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 2020, no, 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 no. CFP Chad Burton and myself do a lot of seminars tied towards income and retirement or wealth preservation or retirement strategies. And one of the secrets is you hear commercials, you know, touting amazing returns on dividends. The higher the dividend yield, the higher the risk. So there's some truth to that statement from experience, but there's also some obvious, you know, you understand. A bank will lend you money at 1% if you're Apple. A bank will lend you money at 7 or 8% if you're got this new idea to replace lemonade and hula hoops all at the same time. Like They're going to be like, well, we got to cover our risk on crazy person, and we'll do that with blending out a lot of apples in there, per se. So if I'm looking for a nice dividend yield right now, I'll take 4.5%. Pipeline operators tend to, you could find like a Kinder Morgan, Yield in about 4.7%. So your $100 gets you $4.70 roughly a year, plus a little bit more, and little little dividends make more little dividends here and there with interest and things like that in your account. That's that's not bad. Now, a pipeline is exactly what it sounds like. It's a big pipe that's going through a town. It's like, let's say we're in Skinny Bit Bop. Uh, Kansas. Oh, did you hear the big oil company is going to put a big pipe right through town? Yeah, Bob, I did. It's going to bring a lot of jobs in here. A pipeline is a pipeline. It's 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 let's flow oil through it, natural gas through it. Uh, you flow things through it, not, like not like blood. So it's like a toll booth. So they know their cost of business. It's not like they have to go out and get pipe 2.0. Yeah, there's some safety upgrades and things like that every couple of years, infrastructure products, but. Uh, those projects are few and far between. So Kinder Morgan is a pipeline company. So is Energy Transfer and Energy Product Produce Partners. I like Kinder Morgan, KMI. I have no problem with it. There's also companies like Williams Company, Magellan Midstream Partners. 
you need to consult a broker advisor to take any action on any stocks ever mentioned. There's some lovely overseas dividend companies like BP. You know, BP did that oil spill down in Texas in the Gulf, right? And dolphins died, and it was horrible and environmentally heinous. Because they're such an evil company that killed dolphins and spilled oil, they pay about a 6% dividend. I was listening to the CEO of Chevron yesterday, and he's like, yeah, we've got, you know, 38 years or something crazy string in a row of up in our dividend. And we plan to do it in the future. Even if oil goes lower, we plan to do it in the future. Like, oil companies just up their dividends. And they buy back shares. But, like, a China Mobile, I'm okay owning uh, a Chinese uh, telecom company. Yields about 4%. Or you don't want to say, I don't trust the Chinese, then maybe you go and trust the English. Oh, bloody good. They treat their queens and princesses poorly, don't they? I'm with you, Megan. I'm with you. Team Megan. I don't even know what that means, but it means something. Just run with it and just forget I said it. But like a Vodafone, if you want to own like an English telecom company, you can get 5%. You can get good income, and you don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to collateralize debt or anything like that. Oh, that's a nasty one. But Canada, let's do a Oh Canada, Oh Canada. Yes, I don't know the words. Um, BCE, that's their big mobile telecom company. BCE yields about five percent. Chevron about four percent. Exxon Mobil about five percent. If you don't want to go international, Carnival Cruise Lines, which. Man, every time I turn around right now, it looks like one of their boats are crashing. Right? Does that make you a little nervous that every couple years you get stories about massive flu outbreaks? Um, I, every story I've heard about cruises from people under 50 are nightmare type of cruises. Like, everyone got sloppy drunk and people were fighting and vomiting on each other. It was just, it was awful. And then people over 50 are like, it was lovely. It's almost like they're like on two different boats. Is that fair? Um, UPS yields about 3.3%. If you don't mind the risk to the equity, Kraft Heinz yields almost 5%. Uh, now, it cut its dividend last year enormously, and it had all sorts of brand problems. But 5%, the risk that you're going to get is in the equity. It's not in the dividend. It's in the equity of the business. It's in, you own $100. That may go down. Millennials, they don't like buying products. They like everything to be fresh. Fresh, is that fresh ketchup or is it in a plastic bottle? Fresh, yeah, it's called a tomato. <laughs> Add some sugar and you got said ketchup, right? Oh, it's not exactly a mystery uh, uh, product list, right? Oh, if you want other income ideas, how about REITs, real estate investment trusts? JP Morgan's REIT analyst said that about 8 to 9% total return for REIT stocks in 2020. So not only are you going to get equity growth in his mind, but you're also going to get dividends, income. He likes Prologis. Um, they're basically, Prologis is a big, big warehouse company. They're starting to talk about setting up ghost kitchens, 
the guy who founded Uber, one of his products now that he's been kicked out of Uber, is he's looking at Ghost Kitchen. So McDonald's may have may get some warehouse space and just make chicken nuggets and BLTs and PLTs and French fries and deliver them from there instead of their actual stores. Or other companies could set up, you know, industrial, or maybe even Google could come up with its own Google Delivers by buying a warehouse and, and making the food and then deliver it. Do you see, yeah, so there's that's happening. So if you own a warehouse, you've done very well, and you can own warehouses. Prologis is the largest in the world, PLD. Simon Property Group. Um, here you have a problem, in my opinion, because it's a mall REIT, SPG. But you want some apartment REITs because people are moving, squeezing in apartments more and more. Avalon Bay Communities, AVB. Vornado Realty Trust, VNO. SL Green Realty, SLG. Those all yield about 4%. Not too shabby. Not too risky. Publicly traded so their, their records are monitored. I like it. You can learn more about income in 2020 and beyond by coming to the seminar coming up. You can learn about it by listening to the commercial. Go to Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Use code Radio25 to get in for free. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Little AJR. Probably my favorite pop band of 2019. How's that go again? Something about Three Brothers works for me in a band. Kind of cool. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. As we talk about 2020, we're also going to be talking clearly about politics. Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com said it very wisely yesterday. 2020 looks like it's going to be all about pet politics economy and trade as he so eloquently said yesterday on this show the trade issue with china is not over it'll come back up so now the person who's probably making the most recent splash and i guess you're saying i guess that's a fair thing to you know to flesh out in our heads real quick Politicians making splashes. Elizabeth Warren talking about free college. Bernie Sanders talking about free medical care. Michael Bloomberg talking about their splashes, right? So Michael Bloomberg, I'm not making up a case for anyone at this point in time. I liked him as a mayor. You know, when you look at someone's actual track record, He's the one that I could kind of say, yeah, I, I was in New York a lot during his his reign, so to speak. Never been to Indiana. So Pete Buttigieg, I, I know nothing about your, you know, your mayoral skills. Um, you know, the actual stuff. But anyway, uh, Michael Bloomberg, he's starting to roll out some policies. He's trying to get proposals to raise the minimum wage. Ensure gig workers have collective bargaining rights. To give more startups and small businesses tax breaks. So he gets that. Small businesses are kind of like the blood of the U.S. economy, whereas the big businesses, they help. But the small businesses rock it, so to speak. So the minimum wage issues, there's been a lot of studies out of Seattle recently. Seattle, one of the very first cities to push that higher minimum wage. What we've learned so far, and again, I'm just summing up, having not read out the whole thing, the report, 
essentially they're saying $15 minimum wage hurt younger, inexperienced workers, helped older, experienced workers. And it just makes you scratch your head and go, huh, why is that? And then you're like, well, people didn't want to hire the young people when they could have the older people who are already experienced and less hassle maybe, but higher health care benefits. Like it's, it's a dilemma. So we're starting to see some of the ramifications of um, forcing small businesses to pay the $15 minimum wage. So just Google Seattle minimum wage, and you'll find all the news about it if you care to delve deep into that kind of information. Trump is addressing the nation after the Iranian strikes. Um, U.S. bases. This could be a market changer. When it's happening live... The market could say, let's push defense stocks hires. Did I say defense stocks hires? Defense stocks higher. The market could say oil stocks. If the tone comes out that, like, you strike us, we strike you. What was the Sean Connery line? I can't even say it. I just realized I can't even say it. It was in the movie The Untouchables. There's a racist tinge in it. He's clearly Irish, and he clearly has the Irish's back, so uh, he, he disparages a, a racial group. I can't even say the quote, and it's it's so sad because it's really not that offensive if you take it in context of the time where people hated each other for the color of their skin. But uh, he said, just like a blah, blah, blah to bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, it, it's... if If... Trump takes that kind of angle of like, yeah, you shot missiles at our people and um, did no damage, so we're going to nuke you. I saw some reports released yesterday that world nuclear agencies are afraid that that Trump could use a nuke. That's escalating things a bit much, don't you think? Oh, you miss our bases and no one gets hurt and we nuke Tehran? Ah... Now, again, you got to know that people are, have their own self-interest in releasing reports like that, right? So Iran launched more than a dozen ballistic missiles at U.S. military and coalition forces in Iraq. So Trump's going to be talking right now. And as he talks, how much confidence do we have in him, especially tied towards the Middle East and his policies? Um, you know that as this news breaks, it's going to be breaking news. It's going to be all over ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN. The markets, when it was announced he was going to speak, they were moving up. They started to move lower. As if, how crazy is, he, how crazy is his response going to be? So, just, I don't want to go too much further into it. I don't think there's that much more to that story. But um, it's going to be interesting. Because the markets, I don't know if you realized, the markets tanked last night. The futures on the Dow Jones Industrial Average were down 400, but when the, it was learned the damage was less than, less than noteworthy, no one died. We're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll just have an up day. We were, we were set for a rough one. So Senator Lindsey Graham is saying he does not believe retaliation is necessary at this time. So a lot going on. Going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. NBC News has reported that they expect President Trump to take an off-ramp toward de-escalation. 
So a couple people already out there ahead of his speech. But again, let's tune in and see what the market does. It's a good lesson for you. It's like whenever the Federal Reserve releases their decision on interest rates, when they have an FOMC meeting. Right around 11, 15, 11 o'clock is when you see the, the information, 11.15. Sometimes it drops the, the release on it. You see the markets in like 10 minutes before just totally just change. And then 10 minutes after, go totally different direction. Uh, markets in real-time news. It doesn't mean that much to me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. You can learn about it during the commercials. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free.